before I joke about being incompetent at podcasting, I should make sure that I'm not actually incompetent at podcasting. Email newsletters aren't new, but recently there's been a resurgence in their popularity. to the latest episode of Day to Day, a weekly podcast from Interactives, covering all things related to digital journalism. As usual, it's me, Luke Barrett. And I'm Alex Marr. And today we'll be discussing email newsletters, which are a sort of innovative way for news outlets to access their audience. Why, in this week of all weeks, Alex, are we talking about email newsletters? Well, Luke, um, Interactives just came up with their came out with their own newsletter. Last no week. way. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something I should sign up to. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know how to? I actually already have. Well, if you <laughs> don't... tell me in pretending that I don't know. You have to go on interactives.com slash newsletter. Um, our, own very, our very own well, Ryan Watts came up with that, and he actually designed this week's newsletter, and it's really nice. Using keys, HTML, and CSS. So, yeah. Well, I've I've read the Interactive's newsletter. I really liked it, and it seems like a great reason, good reason as any, to talk about newsletters in general. Why do you think they're a good way for news outlets to access their audience? I mean, they seem a bit old-fashioned, right? Just to, just thinking about it, email. It's not something that people would think of as an innovative way to speak to one's audience with all like advanced social media feeds and algorithms that we discuss a lot on this show. Well, that's true, but it's the first thing you see in the morning. Well, notifications are the first thing you see in the morning. But most people open up their emails to check, check if there are messages from their bosses, from their friends and all that. And so why not get the news there? And social media, yes, it's great, but there's just so much going around there's so much to filter and sometimes you just don't bother and there's so much that you need to filter out before you get the good stuff so on email there's so much less space so there's so everything is kind of of higher quality I'd say yeah yeah we can really if you're a news outlet you can really just cut through all of the nonsense that you have to deal with if you're on social media and just get straight into someone's inbox and deliver your your what you want to tell them directly to them yeah Um, and i think if you're a reader they're a really great thing to sign up to because firstly you're the one choosing what you get to read not an impersonal algorithm and secondly if it's a good one, then it's something that you can trust and you can look at regularly and receive like great stuff every day. Yeah, it's an interesting relationship, actually, because I was thinking how, yes, readers can pick their own, pick whatever they subscribe to, so they are in control of whose voice they read and all of that, but then the people who send the newsletters out, they're the ones who pick the content the readers read. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Um, and there was, 
so it's not really an email newsletter, but an interesting illustration of the kind of power that news publishers can hold when they have access to people's email addresses was during the 2015 general election when the Telegraph sent, the, the editor of the Telegraph sent an email to all of the subscribers of the newspaper, essentially ordering them to vote for the Conservatives. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Which is, yeah, I mean, as you say, like, these people had signed up to the Telegraph because they identify with the Telegraph's values. But I'm not so sure that they necessarily wanted to be told what to thought, to right. think. Um, so I think maybe there is a responsibility as well with a email newsletter and having access to people's contact details as well as an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's so much power, right? Because if you, if you think about the, um, that huge Vice article about big data, because... By the way, we'll link to everything we're talking about in the description. Yeah. Um, because companies and, you know, newspapers, companies, political parties get so much data um, off of your, you know, just your email addresses, your interests, um, you know, what sites you go on via cookies, they do actually end up having so much information on what what your concerns are and that can actually help shape your actions and make, you know, as you said, make you capitalize on your concerns and make you vote a certain way or buy a certain project and all of that. And it is, I mean, it is still yet to be seen how much political parties have already used it to gain advantage in polls or whatever, but... Yeah, well, and I think it's, it's that kind of responsibility which has led many publishers to try and be a bit more open-minded in the content they provide to their readers. So you see somewhere like Quartz or Politico or the Huffington Post link to stories that aren't from their own website in the... Um, email newsletter which would just have been like anathema to traditional news outlets back in the day to advertise the work right. of their competitors so yeah because that's also interesting because obviously the traffic doesn't go to their own website because it's you know someone else's work but yeah, it could be a result of p content sharing partnerships but it could also be um it, it could also come from a desire to have their newsletter be the go-to source of the day. Yeah. Like, if I fire up, say, the Quartz Daily Brief, um, I can see that they've linked out to the Wall Street Journal or, um, you know, or Politico and be like, okay, well, they're not biased towards themselves, mm. so mm. I can trust them more and I can trust that they're going to tell me everything I need to know in the day and I don't have to bother with every, like, any other... Um, any other email newsletter. Yeah, there's no need to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal's newsletter if you're already getting all of the best Wall Street Journal stuff from Quartz, right? Exactly. That's, yeah, well, that's, sneaky, that's, isn't it? that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think that everyone should still read multiple um, email newsletters. Yeah, I mean, you've got like 20 or something, right? Yeah, I, I have like 20 daily ones. Oh, that's and incredible. Like up to five weekly ones, I don't remember. I have like three or four. Yeah. Well, I don't read all of them every day. Yeah. Um, but I do pick some of my favourite ones, and depending on my mood that day, I go on it. What are your favourite ones? Um, I like the Quartz Daily Brief. I like Political Media, 
which mainly talks about just the media industry and nothing else. Mm. Um, I quite like Business Insider Tech because it really just is te- it it really just tells you the top ten news uh, tech headlines. Um, that you have to know every day and all that. Mm. Um, I also set up my own Google Lots, so things more related to my beat, like oh, yeah, no, migration and yeah. um, terrorism and everything, I can just read about it there. But they're usually a few a couple days late. But you know, it's I sometimes miss a lot of news. So. No, that's interesting because I, I, I guess I look at newsletters in maybe a slightly different way because I tend to prefer okay. ones that are from a specific journalist rather than a news outlet. So I subscribe to the Red Box, which is not always by Matt Trawley, but it's often by mm. him and, and it's always written in a personal style and it says the specific person who's written it at the top and they make a little joke or something in the intro and then they get on to recommending articles and also Stephen Bush's morning call um, from the New Statesman. Uh, which does a similar sort of thing. Um, I subscribe to a couple of institutional ones as well, but I think the personal ones are really nice because you have an email from like a real person land in your inbox. Yeah. Um, and it's, it seems a bit more it's a bit more tailored as well because this is something that's been written just to be a newsletter. It's not just a list of stories. Yeah, that makes sense actually. And I would argue that Quartz also personalizes a lot. It has a stock market haiku, which is just okay. so odd <laughs> pretty cool because yeah. I like haikus and at the bottom they refer to a lot of the news um, that they that they talk about like oh if you have any tips comments um, ideas on you know insert whatever they talked about earlier in the newsletter and it's mm. just quite funny and makes you want to read on keep reading keep subscribing so yeah I, I do agree that institutional ones of that just consist of headline, um, you know, gist of story. Okay, have a nice day. Can be a bit boring. Yeah. It's not like someone, someone's, you know, a friend is emailing you, but... And with so many... I, so I suppose you're right. It doesn't necessarily have to be from an individual person. I think the, the thing that makes newsletters good is when they're tailored and customised. Yeah. Um, they're not just a list of stories. And with so many newsletters on the market, it, really, you have to be very thoughtful about how you create it if, if, if you want your newsletter yeah it is interesting how you know 10 years ago we used email to send you know oh copy and paste this and send it to 17 of your favorite people to to this yeah 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 it's it's, it's almost going uh, it seems a bit like going backwards but um I think it's a really interesting yeah. development, the advance of newsletters. Maybe snail mail will be great again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's start posting out um, little A4 sheets of in- interactive <laughs> articles. Just yes. bitly links to, to all of them. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's, that's pretty much all we've got time for. Um, so copy and paste this podcast and send it to 17 of your friends. <laughs> or you will die tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. No, I forgot about that part. That's important. Um, uh, but no, seriously, like, like and share, subscribe to us on iTunes, and thanks very much to Pollington Bear for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Mark for being with me today. Thanks. Um, and-